Hey, you guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. I know I had wanted to start a podcast for years and I just didn't know how to get started. Anchor made it so simple by giving me all the tools to record, edit, and even distribute my podcast across listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. People are hurting out there and people don't talk about it. And it's like, people need to hear this, the, the dirty, the ugly, like this stuff. Like there's so many women who went through what we went through. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the show. This is Raised and Redeemed with your host, Michaela Nikolenko. I'm really excited to introduce you guys to today's guest. Her name is Beth Rivera, and I met her on Instagram at Bethy Boo with two eyes. She writes a blog on living her Beth's life. Yes, there is a pun there intended. Believe it or not, I know it sounds like we've been best friends for many years, but we actually just met while filming this video. And I think a big part of it is Beth and I's stories are just so similar and being drugged through the dirt relationally before realizing that we need Jesus and we can't do it without him. So if you can relate to the trauma and drama of ungodly relationships and now learning to do it God's way, this is the episode for you because we show you why it's so worth it now that we're here on the other side and happily married and figuring out the next part of our lives without the chaos. Love is not pain, and that's a big part of the message that we hone in on. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. I was looking at your blog, and just for starters, it says that you've traveled to 17 different countries. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So which is your favorite one? Oh, my gosh. Probably, um, probably Holland. Oh. And um, I also went to the Holy Lands in Israel. Oh my so, um, yeah, Jordan and all, and all of that. So I would say for like beauty wise, like Holland, Switzerland, okay. and then, like culture wise, Spain. I lived mm-hmm. there like the longest and That's then, uh, Barcelona. No way. Yeah. Well, I've been to Barcelona. I actually had like a, a sort of dark story because I was robbed there. Uh, but I learned a lot of life lessons about not trusting everybody and, you know, not smiling at everybody and just how blessed I am to live in America. I definitely I didn't appreciate America as much until I had that experience and just like the law that we have here. So but how long did you live there? Um, I lived there for like four months okay. and I was an au pair. So I taught, uh, like I had a host family. I lived with a host family yeah. and then I taught their children English while, and they like, you know, paid for my room and board, yes. gave me like a stipend and stuff like that. So I was able to like travel like on my off time. And stuff. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. And so all the other countries that you went to, were you doing something like that? Um, so when I went to all the other countries, it was, so my visa was, uh, just a tourist visa. So it was kind of up. So I kind of all those other countries into like a European tour, like a backpacking situation. So I was only in each place for like a week or a few days. Um, and then to like kind of stay traveling even longer that I went to another continent. So that's how I kind of got, that's when I went to the Holy Lands. And um, yeah, and then there I was there, I think for like two weeks. This is like a dream for so many people. (laughs) It was my dream. It was my dream. And I actually got out of like a horrible toxic relationship and was like, I want, Like I was tired of living for someone else Mm -hmm. and I was like, I want to live my life. And so I put all my stuff in storage and I found a host family in like a week and I just like went with like one suitcase, whatever money I had. And I just went and I was like, God's going to lead it. And 
that's it. And I did everything alone. And that was so much time for him to speak, you know, and it's so much time to learn about yourself, like you were saying, and like, how you were saying, like, you learned so many things, like how to trust people or not, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, Oh, my gosh, there were some airports that I were like, I was like, um, am I gonna not come home? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's a great experience. It's so brave that you would go out there, you know, and do that on your own. But there is so much to learn in that too. And yeah, I'm curious, where did you grow up? Um, so I was born in Illinois, Macomb, Illinois, like a cornfield. Okay, me too. Well, Indiana, but a cornfield in Indiana. Stop. Yeah, I swear. But you know, I think it's interesting, like people like us who grow up like in such a I don't want to say like sheltered necessarily, but yeah, like you're just, there's nothing to do out in these fields where you just develop this thirst to go see the world and experience life and do things. Did you know God before you set sail or was that something you developed along the way? So I was raised Catholic, like strict Catholic. Okay. Um, So I knew who Jesus was. I knew God. I knew like workspace faith, you know, like I knew that like there was like good and bad and, you know, this moral compass and stuff like that. But I didn't know Christ. You know what I mean? And I was not saved at all. No, no, no. So like I, I always had a relationship with Jesus, like, because I had And we'll get to this, you know, at some point, but like, I did not have an easy childhood. Mm -hmm. And so I did, as a child, draw near to him, just Mm -hmm. out of instinct, you know, like just hearing about who he was. And I was just talking to my husband about this last night. And I was just like, whoever this is, yes, I'm (laughs) on board. Like, even as as like an eight-year-old, I'm just like, that guy. Yes. I believe I just was like, you know, but as far as being saved and living my life for him did not come until, um, much after that. So how old were you when it did happen? Uh, when I got saved, Mm -hmm. um, 30, 30. Okay. Yeah. I'm 34 now. So I think I was like 29 or 30. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were little and you were relating to God, because I have, you know, a similar thing where everything was just so dark in my upbringing and in my childhood that I was always praying to God, but I didn't really recognize, like I recognized the Holy Spirit and I recognized God the Father, but I didn't understand Jesus. That part was just very warped for me um, because nobody lived, nobody lived like Christ in my childhood growing up. So that part was a big disconnect, but I knew that God existed and I, I prayed to God. Um, but yeah, so I think that's what led me into trouble as I became a young adult is like, I still believed in God, but that's kind of what led me into the new ageism is God is still, you know, God is still a part of that. Um, but it's not living like Jesus and it's not recognizing Jesus as your Lord and savior in the new age belief system. So I think that was kind of like a swift funnel for me into that lifestyle. So I'm curious because my husband grew up Orthodox. So for him, like that's a really strict religious um, upbringing. And he's like, no, for me, he's like, Christ has always been God, but that doesn't mean that I always believed in Christ or like in God. So I don't know if you can relate to that growing up Catholic where, um, like is Christ was Christ and God always that was always the same for you. There was a, was there ever a disconnect in the Jesus component? So wow, like now that I know him, it's like crazy. I try to think back at like what I thought he was back then, or like before I was saved. It was almost like he wasn't real. It was almost like like yes, there's like a Trinity, right? Like the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and they're one, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they teach you. And, you know, they teach you that. But they don't go through, I mean, at least in my experience um, in Catholic school, 
um, we didn't learn the word, like the actual word, like the Bible. We didn't like really use the Bible that much. Um, so as far as like these, um, as far as like who Jesus was and like the stories of like his heart, like now I watch the chosen and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, I'm just like, wow. Like if I understood earlier his heart, you know, like, so just to answer your question, like I totally relate to that. Like it was just, it was a not, not a very personal, um, you know, it wasn't a very personal, a relationship you know it was very like you have to confess and you have to do this and you have to do that and Mm -hmm. um then you can like be looked on then you can be like adored by him then you can then you'll be in his favor but if not then it's kind of like you're not a good christian right so all the rules and religion but not the relationship with jesus Exactly. So, and what I was telling my husband last night too, was it's so crazy. Like I, I needed him really, really bad when I was a child. Like I didn't, I didn't have anyone to like, be like, Hey, are you okay? You know, do you know that you're loved? Do you know that, you know, you have someone there for you, you know, like, so I, had a, a relationship with him before I knew like that was possible yeah 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 you know yeah. so like it's almost like the innocence of a child uh-huh. like, like that's how we're supposed to love him yeah. like I like did I did love him yeah. like that and then like the world kind of screwed me up a little <laughs> and then yes yeah it tarnishes that yeah I have so many reflections on that like what ended up leading me to Jesus was seeing a demon and this toxic relationship that I was in. But yeah, so I saw this and it was like a primal instinct, like an intuitiveness that literally led me back to Jesus, like right away after that, like I had denied Jesus for two years, hardcore, like I was like, you know, into the goddesses and the universe and, you know, like the new age belief system, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was all about. And then the moment I saw darkness and I was trying to figure out like, what is this? Um, You know, and how did I open up this portal and this and that? Like it, Jesus came to me right away. Anyways, like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about myself too much, but yeah, it's, it's crazy how it's literally like when you're little or you're up against serious danger and like spiritual danger you just, you come back to the truth really quickly. Like you remember what the truth is like, cause it's, it's in you. Like it's a part of, it's like literally your physical, biological makeup. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh gosh. I can't wait. And I purposely didn't, cause you have a highlight that's like my story. And I purposely didn't click on it. Cause I was like, I want her to tell me, I oh. want the beast expressions. I want the tone. I want everything. So like you, oh my gosh, you saying that I'm just like, wow. Like I can relate so much to, to that. Just like the two years and like the darkness and how he like pulled you back. Like, yeah same. It actually is a perfect segue because like I said, I had a really horrible relationship right before I moved to Spain, like put myself in storage, moved to Spain and started like living for myself and like soul searching. You know, the, the fact that I even was in a relationship like that, it just says a lot about who I thought I was and mm-hmm. whose I thought I was. Mm. And I just was seeking validation from the wrong places. I didn't know my worth. I didn't know who I was living for. I was confused. I was lost. And I was with someone who just, you know, was not taking care of my heart and was not going to take care of my heart. Um, and so, I mean, it really was a blessing that that ended. And I, then I went and I did all this soul searching. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, I was like, I want to be so like gung ho for, for God that I don't want to be hurt again. I want to find someone who loves Christ too. I want to find a church. I want to, like, I was 
coming on to the idea of living for him, but mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't quite there yet, but I was like, he was working. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I get he, that. He was working. And <laughs> I was just like, um, I know kind of what you're saying, but I'm not sure what it looks like. Cause I lived my whole life, you know, destructive and having boyfriends like left and right. And yeah. I don't know like how, like, TMI this is for your podcast but like I was intimate with almost every boyfriend I had I was just like um yeah yeah I mean me too that's I was lost I I was I didn't know you know I didn't know what my body like was for I didn't you know I was just like oh this is what you do yeah you get a boyfriend and you have sex and you pretend like you play house and yeah you know whatever like that's that's what you do that's if you don't, it's looked down upon almost in this yeah. world. And so, um, but it was very clear that that was not what God had for me. And so I was like, okay, let me try and find someone who's in the faith. I want to find a church. I had no idea what that was. I still was like, wanted to be Catholic because my dad was super, super judgmental about mm-hmm. it and strict, like, this is how I raised you. And, you know, I really respect him, respected him. Um, and so I was just scared to leave, you know, I was scared to like go outside of that. So I tried for like a year to find a good Catholic church. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I met my next boyfriend. When I, after I got home from those travels, I was living in Tampa and, um, I met him on like Bumble or something okay. and I was just like super living for myself and like I knew I was going to find some like have higher standards this time and like all this stuff um and it just ended up being not very godly and um I thought like I really thought that it was going to be mm-hmm. and like he was a person who I think like, I don't want to talk bad about anyone, but like, he was one of those Christians who was like, not really, hasn't really handed over his life to Christ, if that makes sense. So I started going to church with him and like, it's just a small example. Like we would sit outside until worship was over and then go in. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the best parts. What is he doing? (laughs) But I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anything. I was just like, oh yeah, I don't want, like, that's awkward. Like, I don't know the word. So I, you know, I was just such a baby, you know, like, um, so I was just like believing everything he said that he was, um, that he wanted that life basically. And I definitely wanted to wait to be intimate. And it, it was clear that he did not. And so this relationship played out and it was like, I think we waited like six months and like, he did not make it easy for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, all those signs I didn't pick up on because I just wanted to find love yeah, and I wanted to believe in it. And, you know, my childhood and all that stuff, like my family life and all that kind of plays into it too. Cause I just wanted a partner in life. I wanted someone to like be my teammate and like, live life for me for Christ and like be that, you know, like I wanted, Oh, I I get it. Yes. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and I just wanted that so bad. And so I tried to make it something it wasn't. Um, so I ended up, um, moving in with him and, you know, there was a lot of like toxic things going on. Um, like we really weren't even going to church at this point. He would not serve with me. Um, I felt a lot of this heaviness, like this darkness. Like I wasn't like, I wasn't in his purpose. And, you know, I would pray about that. And he had one of my friends connect with me that I hadn't talked to in like 10 years. And she was straight up, Michaela, she was like, you need to move out of his house. And I was like, huh? Oh, chills. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> me too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, 
what? And she was like, girl, you need to move out of his house. You need to stop having sex with him. Yeah. And you need to, she's like, if you want to be with him and if he's the one, then you need to get your own place or work it out and yeah. work it That's out. That's a real friend. That's a good friend. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I had not talked to her and it was God, God working yeah. with her. And, um, I was just like, but I, I just moved it. I talked to her right after I moved in, like his timing. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, I just moved in. There's no way I'm going to move out. And she's like, you have to. And I was like, <laughs> I knew she was right. I, yeah, knew yeah, she was yeah. right. I was like, man, but in my head, I'm like, that's not going to happen, but maybe I can honor God in another way. Like maybe yeah. I can, you know, break this down to my boyfriend and we can figure it out. And, um, <laughs> I'm so curious to know what happens next. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So literally that week, my boyfriend completely shut down. He started treating me so bad. He would not talk to me. There was zero communication. He would belittle me. He like, <laughs> like when I tell you it was clear as day, I, wow. called my and I was like, I think I'm moving out. And she was like, she was like, wait, what? You guys are solid. Wait, what? She was like, so confused. And I was like, I was like, I need to move out. Isn't it crazy? Like the minute you take sin out of it, like you stopped, because I'm guessing you did stop sleeping with him. And then that clarity came. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I stopped sleeping with him and he threw a fit and he made me feel horrible. And, Mm -hmm. and um, it just was so of the flesh everything yeah. about it. it was just so of the flesh and you know he was lost too and so two lost people can't find him yeah. together like we needed to step we couldn't live together and be having sex and find him like yeah. it was just it was clear that something needed to change and um we were having a an argument or something and he, you know he was just treating me so bad and I legitimately was like, um, this is crazy. I, I'm going to like try and figure out how I can move out, like set something up. So I'm not like on the street because yeah, this is yeah. a side note that like, we probably don't have time for at all, but he had convinced me to quit my job and he would support me and all this when I moved in with him. So I had no job, no car no money, no nothing. And so I had to set something up for myself. So I literally, my friend worked at a temp agency and I was like, Hey, I need a few thousand dollars. Like, what can you give me? I don't have a job. I need to set something up for myself just to get out of this place. And she was like, all I have is something in Naples where you're delivering FedEx packages. So I delivered FedEx packages. And can I tell you, we're going to run out of time. Oh my God. We're, I think we're doing good. The time <laughs> is flying actually. Oh my goodness. We're fine. Just, <laughs> we'll, you know like what? Part two. If we, yes. If we, if we run out of time, we'll end this zoom and we'll start another zoom and we'll just compile. Okay. It. okay. So I I'm doing this and this should have been another red flag, right? Like that he allowed me, <clears throat> he was well off. Okay. Let's just say that he had, he was good. He was good. Yeah. Um, but while I was struggling and trying to like pay for things, like he wanted me to still pay for things. And <clears throat> that was one of the ways I was like, Oh my gosh, I think, I think my friends, right. I think I need to get out of here. This is so dark. This is so heavy. And <clears throat> And so I was like, hey, I'm going to Naples to deliver FedEx packages for a week. So I have money to like give you for groceries and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I went and I was a runner. It was for Christmas time. Right. So Mm -hmm. I basically ran, I was with, I was with like a delivery person in their truck and I would run the packages to people's doorsteps. Okay. And 
they, I needed the money so bad that they only wanted runners to have two days of work, right? Each. They let me stay the entire, like the whole week. I was there for one whole week. They let me work every single day over time, which was exactly to the amount that I needed to pay my bills, first of all. Second of all, they put me on a truck with this lady who spoke so much life into me. I'm about to cry right now. Runners are supposed to be shared because everyone wants a runner during Christmas. No one gets one the whole week. No one gets the same runner like the whole week. You have to share because everyone's inundated. I was with this lady. I was with her every single day, randomly scheduled in her truck every single day. And every day she was like speaking the word into me. She gave me a devotional. She told me to read it every single day. She told me that I need to get out of this relationship. He sent a witness to me, 110%. Someone completely third party, someone like not even in my life at all. And she spoke life into me and she was like, you need to get out of this situation. You need to be independent and you need to read that devotional every single day. So I get home. Okay. I get home and I was like, you're the message is received. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Like I'm moving out. And I called my friend Kelly from high school because I know I knew that she had a house with an extra room. And yeah. I was like, can I sleep in your house until I figure it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have anything. I can't pay you. I don't have a car to even get there. I was like, I need to stay in that room. I was like, can you help me? She was like, of course. Wow. And so that's what happened. I left him with literally zero notice. I was like, I got to go. I'm sorry. I got to go. And God sent me angels all along the way to help me and support me through it. And yeah. And then that's when the real journey began because I was basically couch surfing with no money, no job, no car. Wow. Okay. I had him, I had him and I honored him and at, at that point, that was enough for me. Yeah. And I was just like, what now? What? Yeah, what next? <laughs> okay, so I love how you said too, like the part of your story where you know your friend reached out to you and in and pretty much encouraged you. She was like, okay, like you have to get out of this, you have to move out. She encouraged you to stop living in sin with this guy. And then right after that, like God sent another person and he was just like speaking to you left and right so that you just could not miss his word. So I relate to that a lot in my story, like with my toxic relationship, this guy that I was with that I just, I did not think I could let go of this relationship. Like I was, it was like a drug, like I, and this was before I knew Jesus, but this was the relationship that I came to know Jesus in. So this guy was like technically a Christian. And at that time I was like super new age. Like we would argue about, about this. Cause I'm like, you know, it's no, it's the goddess. And he's like, no, it's literally Jesus. And, but he would say all these things yet. He was living in major, major sin because he was married and I had been engaged before this. And I left this engagement engagement moved out And I was going to be with this guy. And then I find out that he's like lying to us both. Like he's lying to his wife, you know, that it's one thing. And he's lying to me that it's another thing. So I thought that he was like separated because I was in this engagement that like I knew was just broken. I knew this wasn't my person and I knew I had to get out. He didn't protect me. He like over-sexualized me. But I don't want to make it seem like, like the guy I was engaged to wasn't a bad person. He was just, like you said, a lost person and didn't protect me, didn't treat me like, like now my husband now, like, I don't know, like he's so protective and I've just never, I've never experienced that. We'll get to like our good part. Like like now we're in good relationships. We're married to men that protect us and love us. And that's so amazing, but we had to go through the dirt to get there. And so, yeah, I get out of this relationship and then I'm with this new guy. And yeah, like you said, I jumped relationship to relationship to relationship. 
And it was like, love was like my drug, but it was like always kind of artificial. Like it was, it was artificial, you know? And, and with this guy, like I was hurting so bad. And this was, so I started to realize, you know, the games that he was playing because I would only see him like every other weekend. And he would say that like, he wasn't with his wife anymore, but like, I could tell that, you know, he still was, and she was still calling and still hyper involved and all these things. So I just, I started to realize like it was all BS, but I still like, just didn't know how to let him go. I didn't want to let him go. And him and I discussed together because he was a believer. So this is after I see the demon, after I start seeking, after I start going to church and I went to a women's like study group. And my friend Tammy was telling me, she was like, you know, God isn't the God of confusion. And she was like, this is because I was like, I don't know. I was going to say that. Yes, exactly. And God, like God's not going to bring someone into your life. That's going to cause all this chaos and pain because I kept questioning. I'm like, maybe he is my person and maybe like this and that. And Tammy's like, no, like that's not, that goes against the Bible and God isn't going to go against his own word. And I, I did not want to accept that, but I was like, you know what? We decided we were going to be abstinent to see like, is this something of the flesh or is this real? Because him and I were both equally as lost. And it would have been a big change for him. Like he would have moved out. He had three kids, a wife, and I would have been a stepmom in this whole crazy shenanigans. And so we both like, were really like, okay, like, is this really, or is it not? And so we were going to be abstinent. And the more we got abstinent, yeah, it was like the more distance just naturally grew and grew and grew between us. We took this sin out And I began to develop these boundaries, like you talked about, where I was like, okay, I'm not going to let him take my power away because I felt that like I gave in to him and I gave in to him. And then I would try to be absent again. And then I, he'd come, he'd come for the weekend again. And I just felt like after a while, I realized like, no, the demonic is really leading his life. And he's coming here not to love me, but to conquer me and to prove something to himself every time. And so I stopped giving myself to him and he was like vicious. A switch flipped and I saw him for his true colors after that. And I got really convicted and I haven't even shared this really. Like I haven't, oh my God, like I have not really talked about this. I've like, I've typed it out here and there and like made little comments like toxic, ungodly relationship, but I've not really like fully went into it yet. Um, But I feel like, like you've been so real and vulnerable and like, with your stuff, you know, a share for a share, you know, I'm just as yeah. messed up and God brought me out of similar. People crazy. need to hear that people are, people are hurting out there and people don't talk about it. And it's like, people need to hear this, the, the dirty, the ugly, like this stuff, like there's so many women who went through what we went through. Yes. I was literally, I was literally the dirty, shameful mistress. And I really was that for like, honestly, my whole life, it's what I knew. It's like how I grew up. My dad, like only dated strippers and my mom was a stripper and like everybody cheated on everybody. And, you know, I was always the girl that like would be able to be with the guy in secret, but I was never like the one that he prized out in public. And so this just followed me, followed me, followed me until I was in this relationship. And that's, yeah, Jesus just He began to protect me because I didn't know how to protect myself. And he was showing me like, no, this is how we're going to do it. You know, like, this is how you date. This is what love is like, because I had that so messed up for so long. And yeah, I wouldn't have figured that out had I not, like, I started coming to God's house. I started learning God's word and I wasn't super convinced yet. Like I still wasn't super sure about Jesus, but I was like, let me try this out. And so I just started living out his word. And the more I practiced it, my life just got better and better and better. And this chaos and pain just like, you know, began to dissipate. Like it was like I was no longer bringing hell up into my life the more I followed the Bible. And then came the next part of like praying to God, because like I'm vocal, I'm telling people, you know, what Jesus is doing, but I still wasn't super sure. Like, I know this is God, but is this Jesus? because that was my whole confusion. And then he came to me in a dream and it was literally like a God dream. Like some dreams are just dreams. This, I had like two God dreams back to back where he saved me from hell. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I was like, okay, like right now, yes, this, 
yeah, I was like paralyzed, couldn't move. I knew I was in hell. And I like saw this light coming from a distance and it literally had like a vibration sound to it. And it was like the sun that just came all around me. And like my body was fighting, fighting, fighting. And the minute I even saw a glimpse of light, I felt rest for like the first time. And then through this sun came the face of Jesus. And I woke up and I was like, okay, this is Jesus. Like this is Jesus doing all of this. Hey, you guys, if you're in a relationship and trying to figure out if he's the one, or maybe you're recently single and taking a step back to figure out how to best go about finding the one, I have the ebook for you. Head over to the link in my bio or in the comment section from wherever you're listening to find my latest ebook, How to Know If He's the One. In this ebook, I share the worst of my relational mistakes and how Jesus finally showed me there was a better way. Gradually, he began to mend my heart. And I know he will do the same for you too. Without all of that, I wouldn't have found my husband now. And I'm curious because I was reading a part of your blog um, where you said you felt like you had a broken picker and you're giving yourself to all the wrong people and um, how this is often a result of self, self-esteem issues or maybe being raised to think that this behavior is normal um, or even so far as associating chaos and pain with love. So now, like, do you run into that ever now that you are happily married where you're like, okay, I'm not hurting. I'm not in pain. Like, do you love me? Like, is this real? Like, I still feel that sometimes, you know, where I'm like, okay, there's no chaos. There's no pain. Like, is this normal? Yeah. Like I will literally start an argument. Like I have started an argument because I'm like, wait, like, why is this so peaceful? Like, like, isn't love like, you know, like there was a transition for sure when when I met my husband, because he is so good and he is so pure. And I was not used to someone actually loving me. Like I said in my blog, I thought love was pain. I thought I thought like going through the hard times and, you know, enabling each other, like loving each other for the, for, you know, your flaws and your sin and like still showing up and like just darkness, just being in the dark, like was love. And that's not true. Being in the light is love. Truth is love. And I, I had a big transition because I, my husband is the only man I've ever met that was good for me. That was healthy. That was really who really could hold space for me and everything that I am and love me unconditionally. Like I thought I knew Jesus before I married him. Now I feel like 10 times closer to Jesus because He loves how Jesus loves. Mm. And I did not know that was a thing. I just thought you like, like, I don't know, like, like just a trauma ball, like both of you were, you know, and it's just like, it's crazy when, when you meet something stable and secure and with peace, like, and you're so used to love being harmful yeah it's hard to it's hard to self-regulate sometimes yeah it is because you get kind of uneasy you're like wait there's no like push and pull there's no like I'm not having to prove myself to get love like I can just be like it's it's different you said how you grew to you grew attracted to yeah somebody that was stable and available And it was like, yeah, you started to become attracted to what was actually good for you rather than what wasn't good for you. And I can definitely like relate to that. And that's, that's in that high point is like when I found my husband, but the pain and the trauma doesn't ever fully go away. And I don't know if you can relate to that. This is definitely something I feel alone with where like, it's like, I'm so, I'm like, so good. I'm so good with God. Like we're doing the things we're growing, we're healing all these things. And then sometimes I feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like there's like parts of me that like tend towards Mm self-destruction where 
I don't know, like I almost like find my, my flesh, like craving the pain still sometimes. And I'm like, no, like, we're not, we're not doing that, you know, but it's, it's the same thing. Like once an addict, always an addict, but you develop better coping mechanisms and you let God fill that space. And, you know, you don't fill it with the temporary things that destroy you, but that doesn't mean that the urge won't still be there sometimes. You know, I still have a long way to go. Like if I'm being completely honest, like I, I am just now learning in therapy that a lot of what happened when I was younger was abuse. And that is extremely triggering and you don't know when you're going to be triggered. You don't know when you're going to have this craving for like what love was in your past life. Yeah. And that causes a lot of tension. And, you know, this is why it's so, so, so important to be equally yoked because a godly man will guard your heart. A godly man will take that and love you through it and, and take all your blemishes and make them clean. And Mm -hmm. it is just so important that we tell women, that we tell girls, young girls, girls like us, that being equally yoked and finding godly man will absolutely 110% pay off because this stuff does not just go away overnight. These soul ties we have, they do not go away overnight, Yeah, you know, and that you need a strong godly husband who's rooted in faith, who can carry you through that because you can't do it alone. You know, I wish I had a better example and I will like one of our conversation, like you'll, you'll get to know me more and I'll just be so transparent because people need to hear the truth. And, um, like, I don't know. I've started an argument over something because I want attention. Like I've started an argument over something because I was, I was feeling pain from a prior relationship or um, pain that someone caused me that my husband would never do to me. And I get triggered and I'm like, well, that's what guys do. And so I'm mad at you. (laughs) Like, like, you know, like, and it's just like, no, like that's not, you know, and it's just, there's residual stuff from that. You said, you said, and I keep referencing this blog because it was literally just so good, but you said you found somebody that was like, so not your typical type though. So it's like, he wouldn't do the things that, you know, that you are used to. So I'm in the same situation where my husband would literally, he would never do any of that stuff that was done to me before. And I guess, you know, I never feel like he would, I more so feel guilty because like, I have this pain from the past, from past relationships where like, it scares me that I'm going to hurt him because he's still learning how to like face his own emotional things and, um, like go there with his own healing and awarenesses. And so it's like, he's rooted in, in, um, like biblical living. And he's really good at like, he never judges me anything like this, but he doesn't always know how to respond. And I'm afraid I'm going to hurt him sometimes when I have these like feelings from the past come up. Mm -hmm. I can totally relate to that. And I've literally told my husband that he can leave me if he wants. Like, I was like, you deserve better. (laughs) Yeah. I feel that way all the time. I'm like, you deserve somebody that can like fully, fully love. Cause I feel like I'm like, I still feel broken. And this brings me back to another part. I think you said I am enough. I am not broken. I am redeemed. You said that in, in the same blog I keep talking about. Mm-hmm. And like, I struggle remembering those things about myself. Like, cause I'm quick to say I'm broken, but you know, I forget that I am redeemed. They're lies. And you know, that's one thing that he always reminds me of is like, I will go on this tangent and I'll just be like, you know, I, you know, I, I blamed you for this. And I, I projected all my, you know, trauma onto you like that. And I yelled at you and, you know, I don't, I don't deserve you. Like, we don't believe obviously in divorce, but I'll say yeah. it out of 
like out of emotion I'll be like just leave me like like you deserve better like be free you know like (laughs) you know find someone who's normal or like find someone who like doesn't have so many issues like and he's like we he's like everything you are saying to yourself is a lie He's like, those are lies. And I'll be like, but I'm broken. And he'll be like, that's a lie. <laughs> we will yell forth. Like, I'll be like, I'm this. He's like, that's a lie. Like, that's the enemy. And it's wow. so true because he, the enemy, is working overtime with us. Let's just say that. Because imagine all the women that we are going to set free by telling our story. He, d- he does not want. The enemy does not want our story out. The enemy does not want us to have healthy marriages. The enemy does not want this. He wants us down. He does not want this out. He's like, no, I don't want, they're going to save so many women. They're going to speak life into people. Like, that's what you have to remember when you're saying that to yourself, when you're feeling that, because the enemy is working overtime with you. Yeah. I feel that too. He is like consistently warring against me all the time. Like be it with like comments or like snakes from the past coming out. Like V got a comment on his YouTube channel yesterday from somebody that apparently knew me in the past, like the BC version of me and was just trying to like drag me through the dirt. And I'm like, well, thank goodness. Like you knew all these things about me. So none of these things that this person just said are a surprise, but I do, I just feel like I'm getting like jab jab kicked like left and right right now (laughs) just expect that and just know that that is not going to stop and that is why you need the armor of God because and that is why you need a godly husband you need godly community you need women to lift you up because the enemy is going to wait until you're weak until you're vulnerable until you're you know feeling insecure And that's when he attacks because he knows he can get you down. He knows Mm -hmm. that if he can just stop you from having confidence or having belief in yourself or, you know, oh my gosh, I could just go all day about how much I'm attacked and this past year and how it's been for me and how hard it was to start my blog because like that, that is just a miracle. That is just like... When did you start it? You started it this year? I started it literally. I'm pretty sure I messaged you like a couple days after I started it. Really? Because I was, I started, I launched and then I went like madhouse looking for other influencers, other Christian influencers. And your page was my favorite page still now. And I've been looking at people's pages and I just relate to you so much. Mm -hmm. And I love your page and it's so real. And like, I have, um, a little, like, um, like, you know, you can save posts on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I have a content like board that like saves so much of your stuff to it because I just, I love what you're doing. And I just feel like God, you know, he's ahead of, he knew this was going to happen. This conversation was going to happen. And it literally was like a few days after I launched my blog and I have been talking about it for a very long time. And I was so close to launching last year, right before I got married. Um, and my life took a freaking like er, like turn yeah you just got married right so you were were you just like focused on this or did something else happen well so so COVID happened right and so that's when I decided I was gonna start I was gonna quit my corporate job and like because they were like letting people go and it was just getting like really crazy and I was like I have savings. I'm going to, I'm going to start this thing I've been talking about for so long. I'm going to start my blog. I'm going to be an affiliate marketer. I'm going to work from home. I want to be a stay at home mom one day. Yeah. And so I need to start something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. We're going to be such good friends. I know. Um, So yeah, I was just like, I want that. That's the, that's the vision for my life. I want to have something that I can contribute and do 
from home so yeah. I can raise all our babies, all our Christian babies. And like, it is just to me like that. That's my vision. I want to move to North Carolina. I want to have a farm. Like that's whatever. That's my vision. <laughs> okay. Well, if I don't get a farm, I'm coming to hang out at your farm because I need a farm in my life too, but I married a city boy. So we'll see how this goes. Oh yes. Same. I'm like, babe, we are homesteading. Like, thank God he believes in like homesteading and stuff because that's the only way I got him like reeled into like he loves the city like the downtown walking places yeah. like and I'm just like farm life babe farm life like where's like, he our from? kids can play and like, he's from originally from California and then he moved here when he was like eight so he he's basically from like Fort Lauderdale like the Fort Lauderdale South Florida area Wait, where are you right now I'm in Pompano, or like I'm in Fort Lauderdale. You're 30 minutes away from me. Wait, that's crazy. <laughs> Why are we doing this in person? <laughs> okay, well, the next one is in person. Oh my gosh, the next one's in person. <gasps> that's How crazy. are we down the street? Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. Holy cow. Okay. Okay, so so how did you, so I want to know that too, how you met him. So you were in Florida. Girl. Okay. Yeah. So let me I'm not know. Gonna believe this. So, you know, that time frame where I was like couch surfing and like, whatever. So my friend had to sell her house. And so I found like these two Peruvian ladies were renting out a room. So I went and I just, I basically stayed there until I like found some type of job. And I finally found a job in Pompano and I was like oh my gosh like this is gonna be great so I was like let me find another room to rent that's like closer to work and so I went to like move in and I had already started working the job so I like really needed to like move my stuff in and it was all in her living room and I was like doing going through the process and I realized that there's this big rug and I was like, oh, like, this is ugly. I'm going to throw it out. And under the rug, the entire carpet was like mold. And like, it was like, there was a leak from the AC. And mm -hmm. so it was like mold. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm a professional now. I have a job. Like I can't like live in her living room. Like I don't have a door. I don't have privacy. Like I was like, what am I going to do? And she's like, oh, like, you'll just live in on the couch. You can live on the couch for now. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, you need to open a door right now and give me some, give me an advance with money because I need to find my own place. And I could not afford it. But I was like, leap of faith. Let's just see what he does. And so I went on this, like, super search I needed to find a job like ASAP because I was working like I had a real job now and I like had to show up and look clean and have a mirror yeah. to get ready in <laughs> and stuff and so I basically had to like I knew someone who worked at my job just randomly I was like oh my gosh you work here too can I sleep on your couch so like I was just like whatever and she was like yeah, yeah whatever like the sweetest person ever God like lined it up. So I yes. basically, I was looking for places. I found the perfect place. It was like not too expensive. And God was like, um, yeah, that's, that's where you're going to go. I was like, yay, I'm excited. And then the guy who was renting it to me was like, I'm sorry, someone else wants it. And they signed the paperwork, paperwork before you. And I was like, I need to fight for this. Like I'm, I'm, I've had a year and I'm fighting for this and whatever. And he was like, okay, okay. Um, I'm going to tell him I'm going to give it to you. And I was like, Oh God, you're so good. Thank you so much. Like, this is the perfect place. It's right next to my work. Like I can afford it, whatever. And he, I was like praying. I was like, God, you're so good. Like, I can't believe how good you are. And he calls me back. He's like, Hey, I'm sorry. I have to give it to the other person. Oh no. Anyway, I moved into this like other, like a studio and I like was not happy about it. 
And I was like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Like, like, that's fine. Like, I'm going to just trust you or whatever. Fast forward to now, I married my neighbor. Oh my <laughs> that's why he put you there. Oh like, my goodness. And my other neighbor is my best friend and sister in Christ. Wow. Like, it's just insane. Like all the things wow. that came from living there. And I like went on this journey. Like I found this room and I was like, this is fine. I'm going to save money. He was like, nope. And then I found this place. It was so perfect right next to work. He was like, nope again. And then I, I get in this studio and I'm like, what could you possibly, what reason could you possibly have for taking me through that year and then putting me through that like discouragement and then now looking back at it, my best friends, I met my best friends. I brought her to Christ. I brought my husband to Christ. He was not saved. Really? Girl. Okay. Part two is going to be about this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. What? Yes. Yes. Oh my God, girl. I have so much to tell you. Oh my I have so much God. to tell you. So yeah, he was, he was my neighbor. He lived right across the street. Literally we could look into each other's windows and it was just like, I was like, Oh, he's, you know, he's super cute, but he's probably taken whatever. Long story short, like the first date, like it felt like God was like, this is why. Yeah. He always knows best. This is why. Yeah. He always knows best. Yeah. So the next one will be about my husband getting saved. Yes. Oh my. So just a little like, um, teaser was, did he grow up in the faith at all? So he, um, had a sort of a similar story. His, his family's Catholic. Okay. So he just kind of like, as he grew older, like, you know, his dad passed away and he had this anger and, you know, teenage angst and all that stuff to where he like fell out of it and then never went back. Yeah. And so when I met him, he was like into yoga and like, just like something's up there, but yeah, don't really know what. And I went in like a fireball and was like, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I will not live without. Um, yes. How do you feel about it? <laughs> And that's how you get exactly what you want this time. Yeah. You know, and you speak it and you're honest. That's how I got my husband. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like, these are my boundaries. This is what I, this is what I want. This is what I won't settle for. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Straight away. I feel bad. Like that was like the, the sec, excuse me, the second day I was like, do you want marriage? Like, what, what do you believe? Do you believe in God? No, like, <laughs> it's because that's what God had for you. So it was like, there's no time to waste. It was like that with my husband and I, like we were already talking about it like really quickly. And yeah, I feel like it's like when, when it's what God has for you, there's no, like, he doesn't mess around. It's not the, oh, we're dating for, I mean, and sometimes it is like long dating and all this, and yeah. it out. but for the most part, like we went through these long dating relationships, you and I, like confusion and is it the one and now we're living together and now we're not and then when it was actually what God had for us it was just boom oh my gosh for sure like that that was completely unexpected and I went into it being like you know maybe I'll just at least I'll have a friend like at least I'll make a friend and he asked to go to church with me and it honestly God took it from there that that was it so it's timing right yeah. Like, and my husband says all the time, he's like, I feel so bad that I wasn't even praying for you. Like the grace and mercy that he has for sending me a godly woman mm-hmm. when I wasn't even praying. And I was just like, that is like, that is the gift like yeah. that we have to openly receive. Like he is so good mm-hmm. and he was able to use me and it's just, he does more than we ask, think, or imagine. Like, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he really does. It's, yeah, it goes to show, like you said, like his grace, his mercy. Because mm-hmm. we don't deserve it, you know? There's nothing that we could have done to deserve it. No, not So at all. in this final stretch of, of episode one of this conversation, 
Is there any final advice that you'd have for young women like us or new believers? I would say, I would say to pray without ceasing, because if you know that he's on your heart and you're in a situation that is getting in the way of you really stepping into your purpose, you, you need to find that strength. And the only way that you can do that is through prayer. That's how he's going to send you people. That's how he's going to speak to you. That's how he's going to move you. And, um, just like encouraging them, like it is possible, no matter what situation you're in, you, there is another side and we are living proof of that. And hopefully we can just encourage someone. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh my gosh. This is my first podcast and this was the best experience. Like I, oh my gosh, I loved it so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. And so people can find you because I know people are going to want to find you. What is your, um, your at handle and your, your website? So my at handles, Bethy Boo, B-E-T-H-I-I-B-O-O. Mm-hmm. And then my, um, my website is living her best life. So like Beth, like B-E-T-H. Yes, yes, yes. And I'll also link it in the comments. Thank you.